um, to kind of try to stay within our time bounds if possible. And uh, the agenda item that Tanya, we need her for is really further down. So hopefully she'll join us by then. Does that sound like a good plan? Yes, I, I believe that is a good plan. Great. All right, um, well, let's go ahead and get started. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Brandon, if you can get us started by reading our remote meeting statement. Yes, happy to. This is Brandon McGuire, Assistant City Manager. Uh, I wanna provide a few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Kansas Open Meeting Act are met while following um, our COVID-19 procedures. This is a hybrid meeting format with some of us in person and some uh, joining via Zoom. Um, uh, board members and other participants must state their names and titles each time they speak. Various, as I said, various members of staff are here. Um, and we also have a member of the public here in person as well. Um, we must also state our names each time we speak. All motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on board members individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether or not the motion carried, as well as a count of the vote. The agenda for this meeting provided instructions for how to submit public comment and how it will be handled. Um, we did not receive, um, or we did receive written public comment this evening. And we also have, as I said, a member of the public in attendance this evening who will, I, I assume, provide public comment as well. Um, so the chair will call for in-person public comment um, at that time. And uh, staff will direct you to the podium to speak uh, following our social distance protocols. And finally, I just want to remind everybody to please mute yourselves when you're not speaking. Thank you. All right, thank you, Brandon. Um, so we can go ahead and get started um, on uh, the first item, uh, accepting the resignation letter from board member Jane Gibson. Um, I don't believe we need to vote on this item. Is that correct, Brandon? That's correct. Okay, I do just want to make a quick statement. Um, so I just want to take a moment to thank Jane for the three and a half years she served on the CPRB. Um, she was a driving force behind the creation of the new draft ordinance and worked tirelessly towards the goal of improving community police relations and advocating for transparency between the police and our community. Um, her voice will be missed on the board, uh, but we know that she remains an active and passionate advocate for our community. I'm sorry, there's dog barking. Here. Um, I shared Jane's vision for the CPRB to not merely be window dressing, um, but to partner with the LPD and community members in order to improve transparency, trust, and accountability. So I just want to take this time to thank Jane for her service on the board. So thank you, Jane. Uh, uh, Vice Chair Sante? This is Vice Chair Sante, and Jenny, I would echo what you said about Jane. And it's not only the last three years, means since the formation of this group, Jane has been a very active participant. And I think the community has benefited from her participation in this. And I know I have learned a lot from Jane being on this team. Uh, we'll miss her. I will miss her. All right, so we can go ahead and move on to the next agenda item. Everyone is ready for that. Um, uh, 
We can go ahead and approve the minutes from our January 13th, um, 2022 meeting. Um, would anyone like to call for a motion to approve those minutes? Member Marie Taylor, uh, motion to approve. Second. All right. Um, let's go ahead and vote whether or not to approve January 2022 meeting minutes. Um, uh, Vice Chair Mishra. This is Vice Chair Mishra. Given that I didn't participate and I was out, I would abstain. Okay. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor, um, yay. Board Member Santos. You know, I can't remember. I missed either January or February. I can't remember which one. Um, unless someone knows, you know, I'd say I, but uh, I don't want, maybe Brandon knows, but. Uh, it looks like you were absent for the January meeting. Okay, so then I will not vote. All right, uh, Chair Robinson. I vote yes. Um, so passes with two votes. We've approved those minutes. Uh, we also need to approve the minutes from uh, February 10th. Do we have a motion to approve those minutes? Vice Chair Misha. We move to approve the minutes for the meeting. Do we have a second? Second. All right, let's take a vote. Uh, Vice Chair Mishra, would you like to approve the minutes from February 10th? Vice Chair Mishra, yeah. All right, Board Member Taylor. Board Member Taylor, abstain. I was absent for that meeting. Okay, Board Member Santos. Up, oh, you're muted. <laughs> Board Member. Board member Santos, aye. Okay, and Chair Robinson, vote yes to approve those minutes. So those minutes are approved. Um, all right, so we can move on to public comment. Um, so the public is allowed to speak at public comment after first being recognized by the chair, except that any complaints or comments regarding individually identifiable officers are not allowed. Um, any such comments or complaint may be provided to the board in writing, and the board will forward such comment or complaint to the appropriate person within the Lawrence Police Department. The board may establish reasonable limitations on the allowable length of public comment. As a general practice, the board will not discuss or debate these items, nor will it make decisions on items presented during this time. Um, and Brandon, can you remind me, I don't have it written down, is it three minutes? Is that the general limit for public comment? Okay. Okay, and we do have someone there in person to make public comment. Michael, is that right? Draft report may be open for later comment. Yes, it, yes, it should be. Hi, this is my first time being at a police review board meeting. Um, my name is Michael. I'm Lawrence Accountability. I'm a little outnumbered in here. There's uh, three high-ranking officers and Brandon. So as soon as we can get back to public meetings here, that would be awesome. Um, 
I just want to give you guys a brief rundown of the last couple of years. You know, we saw some things happening in the newspaper and some things happening on the street with a certain officer, and we came out demanding change. And we named that officer by name, and we demanded that he be held accountable. Instead of addressing the problem that was obvious from the lawsuits being filed and from the criminal reports, the police department chose to investigate us and treat us like we were stalkers because we were coming out with cameras demanding that this officer be held accountable and terminated or something because we were tired of reading his name in the newspaper. We even said those exact words to officers and sergeants. During this investigation, there were bulletins put out by the Lawrence Police Department that put our lives at risk by calling us stalkers and aggressive. That bulletin has repeatedly been denied that it existed. Once the denials of its existence have gone away, then it's been denied because it's not in the public interest that I be able to see it. It's been not denied that it is part of a possible ongoing prosecution or ongoing case. I've clarified with Chief Lockhart recently that there's no ongoing case against us or me. I've recently received another exemption indicating that that bulletin would disclose some kind of secret investigative technique that is not available to the public. I'm coming up against some deadlines where I'm going to have to make some decisions about whether I want to sue the city I live in to have accountability. And I've told uh, Craig, William, uh, Craig Owens, I've told uh, other people, I don't want to do that, but I will. I'm going to see that bulletin because it was wrong that it happened. All we wanted was accountability in the department and we wanted the aggression to stop. That's all we asked for. And I apologize, I'm gonna get a little emotional. Chief, you're probably the only one that's seen me feel this way in that meeting that we had. But I can't tell you how offensive it is that we were treated the way we were. And now they're hiding behind the core policies. And I don't know if you guys have seen, but I've been charged upwards to $90 an hour for CORA review from the police department. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with what's called a go-away price. That's a go-away price. It's a price to make you stop bothering them because you can't afford to pay it. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, I can afford to pay it. And I can afford to pay a lot more than that. I'm the guy that you're not gonna go away. You ran into the wrong person doing this. I'm asking that the board be independent and be aware that when it comes to the police department, they will circle the wagons and they will protect their own. I'm not gonna to speak to Chief Lockhart because from what I've seen since I've been here or since he's been here, it looks like there's some good things happening. But some of these old guys need to get their attitudes straight and figure out that people that want accountability are not against the police. We just want a fair police force that's accountable. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Michael. We appreciate that. Is there any other public comment?
Okay, um, we can go ahead and move on to the next agenda item. Um, so receiving the report on racial or other bias-based policing complaints. Any, may I ask a quick question before that, please? Absolutely. Vice Chair Mishra. So, this is Vice Chair Mishra. So Brandon mentioned there's some written comments also. I wanted to check with Brandon if Sorry, his statement I, I, about I didn't understand what your question was. Alex, did you say there were some written comments, public comments oh, for this yes. meeting? Yes, Assistant Wait, City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, Alex Kerr submitted a written letter, um, and I believe that was actually submitted for the last agenda, but we copied over the last agenda since that meeting was canceled. Thank you. Um, okay. So we can go ahead and um, move on to the next agenda item. So accepting the, um, the bias-based policing complaint report. Um, is someone uh, there? I know that the report was put together by Lieutenant Ernst. Is someone there able to, to speak to this? Yes, uh, Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Chief. Thank you, Madam Chair and board members. Um, this report's gonna be a little different from what you typically get. Um, I made the decision in, after the February meeting that we were going to report to you all complaints received each month. So for the month of January, we had two complaints. Um, one of those complaints was a sustained complaint. It was a complaint involving an officer making an improper U-turn. The other complaint um, was a bias-based policing complaint. Um, this one, a, a family member reported that uh, another family member had stopped, been stopped by the police after a shoplifting incident. Um, this was a situation where we received a call about a shoplifting in a store and um, the uh, person stopped was stopped about seven minutes after the call, matched the description of the suspect that was given by the caller and was stopped about two blocks from where the incident happened. Um, the contact was at night. The family member was riding a bicycle from the area wearing similar clothing as the suspect. Had contact with the uh, family member of the complainant for about two minutes and then realized they were not the suspect. And we ended contact at that time. After an investigation into the matter, the um, complaint was the officer was exonerated as there was no evidence of bias based policing. In February, we had two complaints. Uh, one involved uh, a standard of conduct um, and neglect of duty. Uh, the complainant um, asked that an officer do a, a welfare, or the officer responded on a welfare check, and the complainant alleged the officer was rude during the interaction. Uh, both of those were exonerated. As, both of those complaints were exonerated as well. There are two factors in one complaint. Um, the other complaint involved. Um, um, an officer called to the scene of an accident. Um, he failed to take a report and uh, there were other issues of policy violations that we discovered. Those were exonerated as well. Um, that is uh, working, I'm sorry, not exonerated. The traffic crash report part was exonerated. We uh, sustained two standards of conduct and then one standard or one body worn camera violation. So three, three sustained policy violations, one exoneration. That one is working its way through the disciplinary process at this time. It has not been completely resolved. In March, we received two complaints. Um, one had to do with a domestic investigation and uh, identification. 
that one was exonerated. The identification part was unfounded. And then we also had an excessive use of force complaint that was exonerated as well. That's all I have, Madam Chair. Okay, thank you. Um, quick question, uh, is there gonna be a written report? Cause all we're seeing is one complaint on the report provided for the agenda, unless I'm looking at the wrong document. Um, let's see. This is Assistant City Manager Brandon Ware. I think what happened was we just copied last month's agenda forward and the updated written report. So this was the report that was submitted for last month. I think a couple of these determinations happened following um, that agenda uh, creation deadline. And so somehow there must have been a, a misconnection um, and we didn't get this updated report added to this month's agenda. So I apologize for that. I think what we could probably do if it's okay with chief is um, add that to the next month's agenda, just to, so you have that written documentation on the record. And what I'll do is I'll go ahead and include all four months. So we'll have uh, January, February, March, and April in next month's report. And then from that point forward, we'll just do the previous month. Okay, sounds good. Um, thank you, board member Santos. You're muted. Chief, thank you very much. That is very impressive and strikes me that um, it is very important for the board to receive those additional uh, complaints and resolutions so that we can get a sense of patterns and I other issues that might relate to policy. And um, the only question I have, and I wasn't clear, I, I couldn't remember, did you reveal in each one of those situations whether it was bias-based or not? Uh, sometimes you said it was this, but I couldn't tell was any of it bias-based. Uh, Chief Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Department. Uh, one of the complaints was a bias-based policing complaint. That was the one from January of 2022. And I'm sorry, what was it again? You could tell us. It was uh, bias-based policing from January of 2022. And I'm sorry, Chief, uh, is there anything, I mean, was it a racial slur or a suggestion that it was racially biased policing or can you share that with us? I can. I shared a summary briefly uh, uh, earlier. Um, it involved someone who was believed to be a shoplifting suspect and the officer stopped him. One, a family member heard about the stop and believed that it was a bias-based policing uh, complaint and uh, made the complaint for the family member. Great. And again, I just want to thank you so much for proactively reaching out to us to give us that additional information because it's very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor, I, I would like to echo uh, my fellow uh, board member Santos comments in terms of the transparency that you've provided uh, in this reporting. It's the first we've had in the years of reporting where we've asked, is it possible to have more details and context for the complaints? And um, and at, and we really didn't need to change the ordinance in order to have that kind of good working relationship between um, police department and the board. And I, this is this is proof that 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 the, we can make the system work um, even under the current 
uh, ordinance that we have. So I just want to thank you for that. You're welcome. Vice Chair Mishra. Vice Chair Mishra, so again, I appreciate Chief for sharing the information with us. My, my question for him would be, I'm looking at six complaints in this tally, and there is at least half of them got sustained. What is his views or impression of his force at this point? Uh, Chief Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Department. You're asking for my views on the police force at this point? Yes, because I'm seeing of the two complaints, one of them gets sustained every month. Okay. So what should the average citizen conclude about the police force? One uh, I could be that there are very few complaints, but then if half the complaints get sustained, how should they read it? Um, I think we've got a very good police department um, with very good people. Uh, we have um, very good policies in place, which is why you see um, the ability for us to investigate complaints and sustain them when there are policy violations. We hold our people accountable. And so when things happen and they violated policy, we are sure to address that. Um, we are an open police department. So for instance, tonight, you're receiving complaints that you haven't ever received or even asked for. Um, we want to work with you to make sure that this process is fair to all of our people in our community. It needs to be because that's what procedural justice is. That's what constitutional policing is. It's ensuring that we do the very best we can. Not that we're going to be perfect because we're not, none of us are, but that when we behave in a way that isn't consistent with the values of our department that we're held accountable in a way that ensures that we keep that public trust that we want to have. Board members, thank you. Board member Santos, you can go ahead. Yes, um, Chief, I would just say because some of these complaints appear to be, oh, you made an illegal U-turn, notwithstanding that that may seem to some people petty, in my opinion, that type of complaint and the acknowledgement by the police department that we recognize that we hold our officers to the same traffic laws as everyone else is going to give the community as much confidence that you are running a fair, impartial, and responsible police department as if you're reviewing, oh, this officer struck someone. So I think it's important that even those what seem in some people's mind is not a serious violation. The fact that you care enough to look into it and tell your officers, don't do that again. You know, I think that's important. It's just Chief Rich Lockhart of Lawrence Police Department. Um, I do want to correct one thing. Um, earlier, it was mentioned that uh, half the complaints were sustained. There were two out of the six that were sustained, not, not three out of six, just so the, the record is correct on that. Thank you. 
Vice Chair Mishra. So my question is, this is the first time we have seen some of this data. But internally, they know what's happened. How does it compare year on year? I don't have data of oh, Chief Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Department. I don't have year-to-date uh, comparison data, but I can get that for you and bring that to our next meeting. Thank you, sir. I was just writing that down. Okay, thank you, Chief Lockhart. Any other questions from the board? Madam Chair? Yes. Oh, sorry, I just saw that Marie was raising her hand. Please go ahead, Marie. Um, board Member Marie Taylor, I also want to point out that under the ordinance, we were limited to only receiving a report about the bias-based policing that's and that data was based on then the report that would go up to the attorney general's office and so i also appreciate the um the affirmative inclusion of the other types of complaints um that uh were investigated um because it does provide that context for us to see as as uh, board member Santos's patterns and so um i uh, applaud you for for taking that initiative uh, uh, Chief, and uh, I look forward to um, having more of this sharing of information um, publicly. Thank you. Yeah, this is Chair Robinson. I do want to echo that as well, because a concern of ours with being limited to bias-based policing is that you had to self-select that it was a bias-based policing complaint, um, which people might not um, select that. Uh, even though it might be applicable. So we appreciate um, getting this this report of, of all complaints. So thank you. Um, Brandon, did you have something else? Yes, I was just gonna um, remind you that uh, um, there's public comment for this item. Thank you. Um, we can go ahead and receive public comment for this agenda item. Okay. I don't want to try to make the meeting take a long time, but as somebody who has researched the background of the OPA process in the Lawrence Police Department, I can tell you that the majority of the complaints that are sustained historically or prior to Chief Lockhart has been internally submitted complaints that come through the police department. Citizen complaints are generally not sustained for one reason or another. Um, and I've actually made a video on this and got documents together where there were years where it was uh, five of five complaints submitted from internally were sustained, but only one of so many were, were sustained from outside. Regardless of that, there is some history there. I want to echo what they're saying about you coming here and actually telling us what the complaint was and what happened. Because several years ago, you guys, you, the police department used to put out these reports that went through the complaints and I think it's 2014 or 15 is the last one that they did this with, where they laid out exactly what had happened and why somebody had complained and the result of it. And then to, over time, over the course of about four or five years, that got reduced down uh, through different changes down to a bar graph that was about this big that said, here's how many we had, here's how many were internal, and here's how many were external. And there was no information there. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you come here and you actually talk to us and tell us what's going on. And that's really what we're, what we're looking for is that kind of transparency. 
Now, on this one issue, I do have one question because I personally submitted a complaint on February 18th that I didn't hear you mention. I complained about a sergeant who was in my neighborhood who uh, didn't identify himself and told me that I needed to ask him nicely. I'll have to check and see okay. which one that is. That's fair. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, board Member Santos. Chief, is it not correct that the ordinance and your procedures provide that you only report out once you've had a chance to resolve the issues internally so you can report the resolution it's possible is it not that you're you haven't resolved that issue that he raises I, i'll uh, rich lockhart lawrence police chief i can't speak to that um michael but i will check into it and i will let uh, let both mr irvy and you all know our intention is to include pending complaints as well and just let you know they're pending that they, they haven't been resolved and then when they are resolved they'll be reported back as being resolved so i will check into that i will let you know what i find out thank you Chief. you're welcome this chair robinson i just have a question um if this would be possible uh michael raises a really interesting point i wonder if it would be possible to include in the report out whether the complaint came from a citizen or came uh, from the police department internally. Would that be a possibility to include that, that data? Uh, Chief, Chief Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Department, what you've received tonight are all community complaints. They are not uh, internal investigations based on officer misconduct. Um, those are a separate, to me, um, I think those are issues that we generate in, internally. And so there's a if you would like us to report those, we can, but I don't think reporting them together really give you an accurate picture of what's coming to us from our community. And that was one one of the things I felt like was important to report back. All right, thank you for that clarification. You bet. All right, anyone else? Uh, board Member Santos. And Chief, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the issues with these internal complaints is identifying it as an internal complaint because if your sergeant says to you look this guy showed up late for work twice is that a complaint in my mind it's not a complaint it's a personnel matter but if someone internally says look i saw this officer do this when a citizen was present that is a complaint generated internally so you're going to have to distinguish in some fashion what is a complaint against the city i mean against the department's officers as opposed to things the officers do when they're not engaged with the community but they're not following their rules like i don't know if they if they have to wear a hat or not but uh, that kind of thing is that correct chief rich lockhart lawrence police department that's exactly it and so what i wanted to do what i felt like this board was looking for was an accurate reporting of complaints we get from our interactions with our community and so if we have something that is internally generated that involves uh, an interaction 
interaction with our community, then that would be something that we would report. If we have an officer who misses court or is late for work, those kinds of things are personnel matters that aren't really a complaint. They're misconduct that um, or policy violations that we invent, investigate internally and handle them. So they're not exactly what this board was looking to get more of. And so we didn't include those in this report tonight. This is Chair Robinson. That makes sense. Thank you, Chief Lockhart. Does anyone else have anything on this agenda item? All right, we can go ahead and move on. And it doesn't look like Tanya's joined us. Is that right, Brandon? Have you heard anything back from her? Um, no, I have not heard anything back. I've called and texted and sent the reminder email earlier today. So I'm not sure of her status. Okay. <laughs> Uh, board member Santos. Because it's an agenda item, is the board required to approve the report? Chair Robinson, that's a good question. Brandon, do we need to uh, vote to accept it or can we move on? This is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, so, so our plan this evening was to um, have Tanya take the lead on the presentation and uh, Chief Lockhart and I would um, sort of co-present and um, fill in uh, here and there just to make sure we we capture everything because it has been um, obviously we submitted this over a month ago and we have not touched it so um, it's, we, we need to refresh it ourselves. Um, the next step um, for this proposal would be that the board forwards it to the city commission. And, and Brandon, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt. I think uh, board member Santos was asking about the previous report that the oh, chief- I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. I, uh, I think uh, he was, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. uh, board member Santos, but just asking if we needed to vote to accept or approve that report. Um, I, I believe um, it's just, it, the, the action is to receive the report. Um, so there's no need for the board to vote on that. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry um, for the- confusion. Okay, so continue with what you were saying. <laughs> well, yeah, so about the draft pro uh, proposal, work group proposal, um, our thought was that the board would give us feedback um, and we can incorporate that into a final draft or if the board was comfortable, um, advance that to the city commission and that would be, you know, both of those would be done on a vote of the board. Um, I will say the city commission is, um, at least um, members of the commission are very eager to um, receive an update on this proposal and learn what's next um, in this process. And so uh, we are actually uh, Chief, Chief Lockhart, um, Chief Tom Fagan with uh, Lawrence Douglas County Fire Medical are going to be giving a safe and secure outcome team update to the city commission next week. And this is specifically a topic that um, they have asked for a status update on. Um, so I, while um, Tanya and Stephanie are not here and they were um, definitely key in drafting this proposal, uh, we would be happy, I think, to kind of walk um, those of you who are in attendance through the proposal and uh, field any questions and take any feedback that you have if, if you're interested in doing that. I also understand if you'd like to table it um, so that both Tanya and Stephanie can be here to present as well. Uh, this is Chair Robinson. I'm comfortable uh, moving through this. I think we've all had, 
we've all had a couple of months to read it. And, um, you know, I definitely have notes that I've made that I'd like to address. Um, but how does everyone else feel about um, going over this uh, proposed task force um, agenda tonight? Yeah. Marie, are you all good to keep going? Okay. All right. Um, so what do we think would be the most useful? Do you think we should go, um, you know, it's broken down into like eight sections. Would it be useful to go section by section and provide feedback? Uh, Vice Chair Misha? This is Vice Chair Misha. So we could do that. Or if we have broader questions, like I have a broad, fairly broad question, I think, about this group and this report. And so if you wanted to start with the big picture and then get into the weeds, so whichever way you think the board things are good with. Uh, a board member Santos. I do, as you probably do, Madam Chair, have a list of things I think need to be addressed in the body. But as the vice chair suggested, there are a couple of broader questions that probably should be discussed. One of which, in my opinion, is whether or not there should be a consultant hired in this project. And that is a broad question. So I don't have any problem picking up some of the broad questions and then providing these edits, if that's what you'd call them. Okay, this is Chair Robinson. Uh, does that sound good to kind of start with some uh, maybe broader overall questions we might have about it? And then once we get through those um, in a timely manner, we can um, move on to working through kind of um, section by section. Does that sound like a good plan? All right. Um, well, uh, who would like to start us off with some um, more you know, kind of broad questions that we have. Because I raised the issue, I can start. If anybody, you want to go first? Or? You get us started, Vice Chair Mishra. Uh, Thank you. Vice Chair Mishra. So apart from that, uh, hiring a consultant and timeline question, I also had the question about, I think what I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, about at the city commission meeting, but they wanted to link this with hiring personnel and various other things. I don't see any of that in this study group. So, so would it again go back to the city commission and go to the city commission and come back to us saying, look, rather than focus so narrowly on ED, I want you to do a broader look into social relationships between law enforcement and community members. And which will also include hiring equity uh, in, in, in the city. Madam Chair, I can speak to that. Yeah, and I, well, real quickly, I just want to welcome uh, uh, board members Salvini, thank you for joining us. We, um, were, did you hear kind of how we're going to go through the um, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And my apologies. I, I got, uh, we had an incident at work and I'm just now getting on. I'm, I, again, apologies. That's okay. It's perfect timing. We've, we've just gotten around to, to this where we really, we really need to hear. So, yeah. So we're just starting with those broader questions and we're going to work through the proposal kind of point by point. Um, so, uh, Brandon, did you want to speak to Sanjay's questions? Yes. Assistant city manager, Brandon Warren. Um, as Sanjay, that's a that's a great question, um, and so I'll I'll give you a little bit of background about uh, the working groups process and how we got to the scope of work that we landed on, um, and that you see in the proposal. Uh, so the working group was originally Chief Lockhart, myself, and then um, the three members that uh, that you named to the working group: um, former member Gibson. Uh, Salvini and Littleton, and so uh, Chief and I came uh, to the to the first meeting with the three members, board members, and and invited them to to look at everything. Um, we said, you know, anything within our policy manual, um, you know, how we do training, how we do uh, uh, um, community policing, uh, it's all on the table. What would you like to look at, and what do you think would be responsive to the board's expectations, the commission's expectations? And uh, through through a series of conversations, I think it was kind of a sort of mutually decided by the board members and Chief Lockhart and myself that um, if we go too broad, then it may be unproductive and it will stretch out the timeline and there'll be all sorts of sort of sub projects, secondary projects that'll spin out of it when really what is desired by the board members are, it is specific to the ordinance itself um, and trying to get to a final ordinance as soon as possible. And so that's how we kind of funneled into this more narrowly scoped uh, um, proposal to look just at the complaint process it, itself and then take that, um, assess that process from very beginning through very end of that process. Vice Chair Sanjay, thank you. Mr. Mishra, thank you, Brandon, for that response. And I think that's what we were doing before the city commission meeting and the city commission broadened our scope and I hear that we are again narrowing the scope. So what I want the time spent or the effort spent or the resources spent on this to be productive. So if we can go back and take a close look at what the commission members suggested in that meeting, that would help us rather than spend six months and come back and say, this is not what we were looking for. Yeah, and this is Chair Robinson. I think um, speaking to that, I was a little bit confused to read this because, uh, you know, I was kind of led to understand that the ordinance would not be a focus of this work group, that in fact, um, it would not be on the table uh, because, um, Brandon, you know, and you said, and I, I agree with where you're coming from with this, like you said, coming to the table with an ordinance that's not a genuine way of engaging with people. So, you know, to create a task force with diverse perspectives and then asking, what do you think of this ordinance? Um, it's not a place that um, 
that you wanted to start. It's not true collaboration. So I was surprised to see the ordinance as a big as big a focus as it is in this uh, draft. So um, yeah, that was kind of piggybacking off of what Sanjay brought up. That's a that's a question I have as well. If you're able to speak to that. Um, actually, I might invite Tanya. Uh, Tanya, is there anything you would add to my um, response? Um, well, um, trying to do some recall here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did spend um, a lot of time talking through this, and I think, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, <clears throat> I don't think the uh, the ordinance. Um, originally was uh, folded into the work of the committee as prominent as it is now. And I think it, our conversations, I think between Jane and Stephanie and myself, I think landed it there um, uh, to, to not get lost in the process. I think part of what, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but what we wanted to make sure was that um, that the work group addressed um, certainly a variety of issues that include, included some of the work of CityGate um, <clears throat> and some other kinds of things, but really to get to the core of, of what we, um, we thought we needed to work on to continue the, the ordinance, <laughs> you know, as the mandate to continue um, uh, the work of this group and then see how we would fold in some of these broader issues with regard to complaints and really focusing on complaints um, to fold in other stakeholders that have roles uh, more comprehensively outside of the uh, police review board. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, I, I just add um, and thank you for those comments, Tanya. I, Conversations um, on our drafting committee revolved on, on the topic of the ordinance itself and narrow, more narrowly scoping the work to focus on the complaint process was that until an ordinance is adopted by the city commission, um, there's concerns that this board is not able to do the work that it, it desires to do and that it exists to do. And so let's get that ordinance resolved first um, and uh, then we'll have a complaint process that clarifies the role of the board and this board can continue functioning. Um, and then other items, other issues that uh, the board would like to um, research and make recommendations about, we could do that collaboratively, but in another, another project. Board Member Santos. You're muted. My thought on this is that notwithstanding your legitimate comments about, oh, throw this dead cat of a existing draft ordinance on the task force table, timing is essential. You know, and I told Chief Lockhart this the couple of weeks ago. I said, look, I'm 71. I want to live long enough to see this ordinance completed so I can actually say that we did something under the ordinance. And he assured me that I would. 
So I'm holding him to that. But from the standpoint of if we don't get the ordinance on the table and worked out from the perspective of the various interested parties, and we have to sort of go back and dig out what's in the ordinance from a topic perspective, it's, in my opinion, going to take much longer. Getting the ordinance on the table in this document, I think is actually going to be helpful in moving us along. Anyhow, yeah, that's my thought. This is voice Mishra. So I, I appreciate where Brandon is coming from, but the presentation by the chief today, where he shared the complaints, nature, and the details. That itself, I don't need an ordinance. I need action. I don't want the lawyers to come in. I want something to be as simple as a public community member to be able to understand and run and execute on it, rather than run it through multiple consultants and then have nothing to show. So I applaud the chief and with, with the change in attitude, I think we, we can work and we can move on. Things need to be, be improved, absolutely, but we can, uh, we can move on. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor. So, um, Chair Robinson, how are we structuring this discussion? Are we just right now allowed to just uh, talk generally about our concerns or did, did we start off going point by point? I'm, I'm kind of lost I, and I would like to uh, speak at the right time. Yeah, I think uh, this is Chair Robinson. We're just kind of doing some umbrella questions, umbrella concerns that address everything. I think we all have some point by point notes, um, but right now it's just kind of broad. So, okay. so I do have, so I, it's okay to speak now. Okay. Um, board member Murray Taylor here. Um, so uh, I, I just want to get back to what CityGate had said they were looking for in their rec recommendation. And they it's talked about having the need for a facilitator, not so much a consultant. And um, and so it seemed like the, the tenor of that recommendation was that they thought that there was an inability to work together from the start. And so we had to have a facilitated space to negotiate all of these different interests. But then when I look at the plan, it has the task force spending the first six items working together to then run an entire RFP process, come to some decisions about who would be the consultant and then hiring of the consultant, interviewing various people for that position. And so it seems to me there's no problem with expectations for collaboration and working together amongst the people who yet somehow need a facilitator to have that all accomplished. So to me, that's like very ironic. <laughs> and I think that's, it just kind of points to like, do you actually need to have that for the first, probably, I don't know how long that would take. That looks like that could take at least a few months, how cities work. So um, again, it just begs, then begs the question, why is there even a timeline for this? 
and there's none. So I, for, for me, there's a lack of a timeline and there's a lot of work, one that looks like, you know, requesting free labor from community members to do a city function, which is to run an RFP process for the consultant, which I don't think they need because they also want the same people to be doing that work together collaboratively to come to find a consultant to then start the process where they can talk to each other to each other and make some decisions that doesn't so that so I just think we need to like think about where we could just truncate that and if the city really thinks they need a consultant they should do that work and find that and not make the people take on all that work it's very time consuming to just just for the small parts where I've had to sit as a just just even um, as a community member to then um to sit in on some of the interviews it is a time consuming process yet then to expect the same task force to actually run the entire thing the entire it, it, it just seems misplaced so that's those are my big big comments without in addition to whatever you know other things people have already said that i agree with thank you for me yeah i am uh board member santos You know, I want to sort of emphasize what has been said about consultants. Not only are they expensive, and apparently they're not even there's not even a budget item for this particular idea. In my decades of working with the cities, I've never known a consultant one that when it was all said and done that the city didn't feel compelled because they spent a lot of money on the consultant to try to adopt in some fashion what the consultant says. Who in the city is willing to say we paid $100,000 for a consultant and we decided we don't like that recommendation. In addition, as everyone just pointed out, the whole idea of an RFP and trying to go out and select someone, if there is someone, is time consuming. And, you know, from the standpoint of who are you going to select? If there is a consultant out there that is going to come to the city of Lawrence, Kansas, and say, I can help these different parties come together and come up with a community acceptable plan, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. And you're gonna end up, we're gonna end up in another version of where we're at right now. And that is the police department consultant created where we're at now, because that consultant came up with this idea. We're now down, headed down that path. And if we're, you know, where are we headed with another consultant? In, you know, I don't mean to be rude. That's crazy <laughs> from my point of view. We do not need a consultant and we don't need to spend the city's money on a consultant. So. All right, this is Chair Robinson. Um, I guess I and another just kind of broad question uh, circling back. Uh, can you help me understand? It, it seems like, um, you know, having this group of stakeholders, community members, uh, representatives from the police department giving feedback on the ordinance, that was kind of the original 
plan that we had had as a board um, for next steps. And it seems like now that plan is included in this task force where uh, it felt like um, we were going to be starting from scratch with an ordinance. Um, so starting at a completely, you know, baseline collaborative place, but it seems like that's not the plan as laid out by this task force. So can you help me understand how you got from what the the city council was advising us to do, which was to create a task force that addressed, uh, you know, community police relations very broadly to one that was going to enact what we had planned to do originally that was shut down by the city council. Can you help me understand that, that process, um, how we got from A to B? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Tanya, would you like to start? Again, working on some recollection here, but um, it seems as if um, in our collaborations and in, in talking in some of the post documents, in some of the documents that, that Jane has produced, um, uh, uh, it certainly the focus I believe that we had and, and Brandon, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, we, while there was um, a lot of conversation about a variety of different approaches to take in this, um, we, um, we were not as clear uh, in our conversations, at least, and I'm, I guess I'm going to speak on behalf of um, uh, Board Member Littleton and, and Gibson, in Gibson, um, that uh, it was it was clear of what the city commission uh, wanted us to do, and so um, so we took a look at um, the city gate results and 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 had a variety of conversations um, that all came back to um, narrowing the scope to really address complaints. <laughs> you know, to think about how collaboratively. Uh, can we look at the complaint process and what could be the roles of all the different stakeholders at the table in this task force so it doesn't lie on our shoulders completely, taking your words, Board Member Taylor, to the task there um, of what the responsibility is and, when, and what is the process of not only the internal ways in which um, uh, law enforcement uh, deals with complaints, but also what is the what is the thinking about what the gatekeeping is um, from the community piece, um, and what the different roles of other stakeholders might be in that, and then better defining what our role is in that process as well, and then the other agenda that I'm we had um, representing our group here was to make sure that the ordinance work, which there, you know, there was good work in it. It isn't about the ordinance uh, and the work we've done and, you know, dismissing the work we've done. It's not that. That's some good work. <laughs> and I really, uh, really appreciated the way that board member Gibson uh, reinforced that in her, in her uh, documents. Um, so uh, there was some good work in there. There is good work in there. And we want to continue that good, good work that we put into the ordinance and make sure that that those conversations of the primary points um, that we uh, worked on in including in the uh, 
proposed draft ordinance um, continue. I hope I'm representing our conversations well, Brandon. Yes, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. I think you are, Chief, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Chief. I think the other thing too that, that I saw as a newcomer to this group is that we need a small win. And so this group's really been struggling to try and get something done and passed for some time. And so we really started talking about what would a small win look like and looking at the complaint process from top to bottom, coming up with an ordinance that would have the support of the community, the community police review board, myself, and the, the Lawrence Police Officers Association would be seen as a big win for us and something that we could all stand up at the city commission meeting and say, all four of these different groups support this ordinance and this process. And it's something that we all felt like a task force could get done and get it done very quickly, giving you that small win before Michael turns 71, Michael. That was the idea behind our discussion. So it would not stop there. We would still look at all of these other things that are very important that the, the um, CPRB has identified over the, the period of their work. But trying to, it, it's like you guys have all heard the term eating the elephant one bite at a time. When we looked at that list of things that were there, it's a big, big chunk of work. And if we could bite off a little piece of it, give ourselves a success and create that chemistry of working together, then we keep this group together and we continue to work on some of those larger issues once we have that trust and working relationship developed. And this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. I would just only add that um, things like uh, training, um, other policies, uh, linkages to um, the complaint process, such as Sanjay um, uh, referenced earlier in his comments. Um, I think I, I don't think there's anything prohibiting us from being able to exchange that information and have open discussions about that as it is, um, whether it's in the format of a work group task force or um, or the, just the, the forum of the board meetings themselves. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor. So if we look back at the city gate recommendation, which started all of this, it was very specific about looking just at the board. And, and the actual issue. So now it seems like this task force, which I in spirit support, yes, maybe we should have a continuing task force that's always in place. That does that's not like just relying on this this board to bring issues from the, the community. So I think that 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 is a a worthwhile endeavor that we should think about in itself. Um, um, and then, but in terms of what this spurred from with the board related to the CityGate report it was very focused. And so now that focus has been lost. But if we're making a wish list, my birthday's in June. <laughs> and my two wish lists for small wins would be to look at the initial questions that came to the board when I started, which was look at the board composition. Is the structure, is there a structural problem with how the board is is the membership is is designed that it's exclusive it's exclusive or that it's 
it's it's um, creating uh, barriers for uh, like in, an encouragement for people from marginalized communities from serving on the board. That was a question. And so if we want to win, we don't have to then review all of the, you know, we don't have to do a wholesale um, uh, update of that, of this ordinance to just address that question and bring that as a single issue to the commission. And then another question came up was, is this board too small? Those are discrete things that we could we could address in the meantime while the task force is working um, and doing uh, the kinds of work that we would like them to do in terms of looking at broader issues. And um, and in my wish list is for a direct appeal for bias-based policing so that it doesn't require that the individual have to then affirmatively seek a an appeal of their of their of their case. It would be automatic that the board would then be able to uh, see that. So that, that would be my wish list. And, and, and that's just, these are just my particular views on, on what, what change needs to happen. But, the, but that's the kinds of things, and if you wanna talk, Chief, about some small wins, then I think those would be wins and they could be discreet from even this task force while, they, they, while we put that in place. This is Lawrence Police Chief Rich Lockhart, and I think those are all great things that you mentioned. Um, you know, as far as a direct appeal, not all of the people who make complaints want them to go to the Community Police Review Board. So while you may want them, the person making the complaint may not want that. So I think those are some issues that we'd have to work through to ensure that we're respecting that person's privacy and make sure that they are, that we're doing their wishes. Um, the second thing too is a lot of the things that you all are talking about are things that I'm working on as well. Um, you know, I'm working on building trust in the community. I'm working on improving our openness. I'm working on all of the issues that you all are identifying. And that's part of the reason that I was brought here and hired was because I have the experience to be able to do that. So just focusing on one thing doesn't mean that none of those other things are going to get fixed. You now have a monthly report on complaints with a summary, something you didn't have last month. I'm working on that. And so these issues are gonna be things that I'm going to work on and whatever is within my power, I'm going to work on making that better. And so there are things that are not um, enacting an ordinance that um, you all have uh, created. It's not within my authority to be able to do it, but a lot of the issues that are in that ordinance are within my authority to address. And I will be working on addressing as many of those as I can. Board member Santos. Madam Chair, I was just wondering in an effort to move things forward because this discussion is legitimate and could go on for a long time and still have things not addressed, at least on the edit portion of the document, would it be more efficient for us all to agree to send Brandon what we think the edit should be so that then he can distribute, hey, here's where the edits were suggested as opposed to us each going through the edits. And I just throw that out as a possible way to move forward on it. Yeah, I think uh, maybe, I think uh, having, this is Chair Robinson, having a conversation about it, uh, these edits I think would be useful. Um, uh, Maybe if we set 
a time, maybe by 7.30, we're addressing the points by points and we try to move through those fairly quickly um, and try to, again, finish by our goal of eight o'clock. Um, does that does that sound good to everyone? We can maybe set that goal. Yeah. Um, Chief Lockhart, uh, can I ask you a question? And this is coming from a place of wanting to understand um, because we have kind of gone from, you know, one side to another. We've kind of been not jerked around, but, but uh, you know, our purpose has been redefined uh, quite frequently recently. And so I want, I just need help understanding how, um, we got from defining the current draft ordinance as dead in the water to now it being approved as, you know, created, finalized as a win. I guess I'm just wanting to know how we got from that place to where we are that's currently reflected in the task force um, purpose draft. Uh, Lawrence Police Chief Rich Lockhart. So I think what happened was it was a, a comment that was made while we were having very frank discussions about process and what we should look at. Um, it was not a, a comment that should have been made. It was wrong. Um, and you know when I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. Um, I don't pass ordinances. The city commission does that. And um, you know my characterization of the ordinance was not something that that I should have said. But again, it was something that was said in the context of trying to have a, a frank discussion about where we would be going. And so um, I don't believe it's dead in the water. Um, I, I don't get to decide that, the commission decides that, but I am supportive of things that are there and I'm supportive of a working relationship with the Community Police Review Board that um, promotes greater trust for the police department and greater openness for what we're doing. Okay, thank you for answering that. I think I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as moving forward with the purpose, because um, I think we were all under the assumption that the draft ordinance was taken off the table completely and we were going to be starting from scratch. And I um, just want to be sure that we're all on the same page that we are going to be addressing the draft ordinance um, in the current task force. Is that correct? Uh, Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Chief. I think that as you look at the uh, the project expectations and scope of work that is included in there, and and again, um, I, and I hope that you know when we have these future discussions that people will feel free to be able to say things and understand that we may misspeak, but we need to be able to focus on the work. And so while you know I I what I said was not something that um, I should have said, I wasn't responsible for um, the fact that it was. Uh, used as something to discredit the work we were doing, I don't think was appropriate. And I think that moving forward, we'll need to work on establishing trust within the group and understand that what's said in the group needs to stay in the group and that sometimes we're gonna misspeak. We're human beings and when we misspeak, we need to be able to explain ourselves and understand that uh, those are things that we just need to extend some grace and move on. Yeah, this is Chair Robinson. Absolutely. I didn't bring this up in order to call you out. I think I just want to make sure that we're all clear on the direction that we're moving together um, and um, that we're all in agreement. So, yeah, thank you. Um, okay, are there, uh, uh, Board Member Salvini? Sorry, using a different computer here. Um, can I uh, 
can I uh, also just um, refer you all in the document? Um, because this was very intentional uh, on um, uh, for the representation from our group to make sure, um, <clears throat> excuse me, under number two, the project purpose. Um, it was very, uh, very intentional to include um, the, um, at the beginning, review, discuss, and make recommendations regarding the Community Police Review Board's proposed ordinance revisions. Um, that was very, very important to, to us to make sure it was in, in, included in this and in the definition of that. Now, I thought, uh, Brandon, help me out. If you could, um, I thought one of the project expectations and scope of work under number three, am I on the right document, by the way? Again, apologies for coming in late. Um, uh, project expectations and scope of work, that there should be some specific language in here with regard to the ordinance as well. Um, Brandon? Yes. Uh, so number five, review the CPRB proposed ordinance changes to, to determine okay. if it supports the goals of the task force for improving the complaint process and enhancing citizen oversight. Sure. And, and, and once again, I, I guess I want to um, paraphrase some of this, and that is that, again, the, some of these issues are, are larger than the scope, even in the proposed ordinance. Um, but again, um, looking at that broader issue of uh, transparency, building trust, how are complaints handled, um, understanding our role in that process with regard to the work that we've done in the ordinance, but those were all very transparently discussed in these um, in these meetings that we had. So, uh, and again, I just want to um, make sure that um, we're representing um, in light of your appointment of uh, both uh, board member Littleton, uh, former board member uh, Gibson, and myself that we're re representing the group, or we did represent the group and the group's interest in, in moving forward. I also want to say that I really appreciated what you just said, uh, Board Member Taylor, about the wins and the and the scope, because um, I, I don't want to lose the bias-based issue in this conversation. That needs to be um, included in, in inclusive in this whole document for sure. Um, and I think what we probably haven't what I would hope this group discusses is that barrier that you're bringing up, and that is that something doesn't come forward until there's an appeal. And so I think some of these um, <clears throat> obstacles and barriers to maybe what our intent um, should be and how we see um, ourselves going forward and how it fits in this, this larger approach yet to be defined um, might look like and what our role might be, because we can't do everything. Uh, and so I just wanted, those are those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, Board Member Salvini. And we um, have about four more minutes before we want to start moving through um, the by point by point. Uh, Board Member Santos. Well, if anyone has any doubts, my greatest concern is this provision concerning hiring a consultant. 
and in, in an effort to try to bring that issue to closure because I'm absolutely convinced that bringing on a consultant will not only waste the city's money and that being our money, it will delay and in there's every likelihood that it will also result in additional issues coming out of that that will keep the parties from being any more in line with one another. So to that end, I would like to make a motion, if there's a second, that we direct staff to remove the provisions in this document that reference an RFP and the hiring and selecting of a consultant. And so I do make that motion. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor second. This is Chair Robinson. Brandon, can you speak a little bit to that? What would the process be? Um, would we need to get more information from the city? Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, I think you know we're, we're presenting this to the board for your uh, your feedback, and we want to be responsive to that. Um, this is a collaborative proposal, so I'd also ask uh, Tanya to weigh in on this response as well. Um, but the the idea of using a consultant was really for a facilitative role, facilitation, project support, note taking, drafting, that sort of thing. Um, I think there is there is some merit to that. Um, in that we we would have somebody who uh, you know who, who would be a neutral party, uh, sort of running the the meetings of the work group, um, and maybe somebody who has some expertise um, in in creating uh, these types of uh, review boards or oversight boards, um, and so bring in just kind of some uh, some outside expertise and somebody who's a neutral third party to be a facilitator. Um, in the the proposal for having the work group itself um, select the consultant, that was really just um, I believe maybe I'm the one who who brought that particular idea forward, um, and you know the, the idea was that uh, if just city staff, if myself or Chief Lockhart or a member of staff selects a consultant, we could probably do that pretty quickly. You know I don't think this would be a really high dollar um, selection uh, or contract. Um, and so under our purchasing process, we could probably do that under the chief's purchasing authority. He can make three phone calls, request quotes, and we could get that done in a short amount of time within a matter of, of weeks until we have somebody under contract. But we would want to invite the, work, the members of the work group to be involved in that process for transparency and, and the sake of collaboration and working together to make that decision. So honestly, I think we've got, I mean, we have facilitators on our staff who can uh, support this type of a project, definitely. We were just thinking that this would be um, maybe a more desirable path for the board to go forward. Board member Santos. I appreciate what Brandon is saying. And if there's someone on the staff that's uh, talented enough to help administrate the process, great. But the reason I made the motion, and I believe there was a second, is to pass on 
to the staff, this board as it exists today is opposed to putting in play a third party consultant that has the opportunity to delay this process or even more importantly, to do what happened with the last consultant, throw a monkey wrench into the entire process with some other idea that sounds good to that consultant. So from my point of view, whether I don't know whether Brandon agrees with this or not, but it's appropriate for the board to speak to things like this. And in my opinion, we need to tell them through the motion process, yay or nay on this item. So. Madam Chair. Yes. Assistant City Manager Brendan McGuire. Um, board Member Santos, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just want to re reemphasize this is a collaborative proposal. It was not solely drafted by city staff. I, I guess I was the one who typed out, you know, typed it out and actually physically did it, but it was drafted collaboratively by the board members and Chief Lockhart and myself. So I would maybe just suggest directing the motion to the drafting committee as opposed to city staff. Hmm. Absolutely, Madam Chair. Uh, uh, board Member Salvini. Um, thank you, uh, Board Member Salvini. Um, so um, I, um, I, I'm hearing what you're saying, Brandon, and I agree. I think we're not looking to, for a, a huge, you know, consulting contracting situation and have somebody come in and, and come out with the conclusions, throw a monkey wrench in, what have you, but, but really someone who can just facilitate the process. They don't own the ideas. The group owns the ideas. Um, and the, the final product is the product of the group, not of the consultants. So it, it, does that help for clarification? So these folks aren't, aren't going to take uh, their own um, spin on the work that the task force is doing. The task force has to have ownership, excuse me, of everything. Yeah, this is Chair Robinson. I, I am glad for that clarification, Tanya. It sounds like uh, the task force needs more of a facilitator than a consultant. Yes. I feel like consultant might be a little bit of a trigger word for us now, you know? <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, because ultimately we're wanting to center the voices of community members in this, not the voice of Absolutely. a consultant. So it seems like a facilitator, maybe a city facilitator would be a more appropriate choice. Um, so I appreciate that clarification, Tanya. And, um, and Brandon and Chief Lockhart, uh, check me on that. Uh, Rich Lockhart, Lawrence Police Chief. That's exactly what we were looking for as a, a facilitator. We felt like with the relationships somewhat strained and fractured, that having somebody who didn't know any of us coming in, helping us build that trust, which if you've been through a facilitated workshop, you know how it starts off building the trust, creating rules for the group, and uh, and someone who doesn't have a, a view. They're really pulling it out of us, putting it on paper, creating ownership for everyone involved. So um, I think uh, the word consultant is a bad word we won't use anymore. So we'll just say facilitator. Right. right. Chief Lockhart, oh, sorry, Assistant City Brand, Manager Brandon McGuire. Chief Lockhart and I spent two full days last week with our entire executive team. And, and the first executive team re retreat that we've had in many years 
we have many members who are brand new to that team, uh, including the chief. <laughs> and um, it's honestly, it's the first time that a whole group has gotten together in person in in the current form of that group. Um, and, and we brought in a f facilitator who is a consultant, um, somebody who's very masterful in that type of uh, work. Um, we got into some really, really challenging uh, conversations, and I think we came out with a lot more clarity and cohesiveness as a team. So I've seen it work, um, both bringing in a third party, I've seen it work using um, city staff. So, uh, you know, not no strong, I don't think any strong feelings from the drafting committee on this particular topic. Board Member Santos. I don't have any problem whatsoever reforming the motion to say remove the reference to a consultant and replace that with a facilitator as long as it's clear that the facilitator is not going to lay out some sort of independent opinion about whatever it might be because I know for a fact, if you took the last consultant on the police department, no one is willing to say we spent $100,000 on a consultant and we ignored what they recommended. So I've, at least I've never heard anyone say that. And so to the extent that the second would agree to it, replace the reference to a consultant with the word facilitator if the second agrees. This is Chair Robbins, just to clarify, you're amending the motion to say that, to ask the drafting committee to um, not use the word consultant, but instead a facilitator um, who will just be facilitating essentially and not making a final report themselves. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor. So I second, um, but also to um, want to say that that's what the city gate said. They did not say hire another consultant. They said facilitate, plain and simple. And it seems like the city has already found a really great facilitator. So maybe they could just extend the contract. I wish. <laughs> we'll be waiting a couple of years. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, board members, Salvini. Well, I think we're on the second. Can I do a little more discussion? Yeah. I, I guess what I want to say, um, board, uh, board Member Salvini, uh, Board Member Santos, is um, that I would like for them to write our, our work in their report. <laughs> I want them to write for, for us, you know, not their own independent um, take on the process and, and all of that. Does that make sense? We need somebody to work for us. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thanks. Exactly. And, and Assistant City Manager Brendan Weir, I'll just echo that. That I think that's exactly what we had had in mind with um, Section Six. Um, I just don't think we stated it as clearly as we could have. So this has been helpful. Okay, um, Board Member Santos. I'm just trying to provide some levity to the chief. This will help him succeed in, in fulfilling his promise to me. So there you go, Chief. Thank you, Mr. Santos. 
All right. Um, shall we go ahead and vote? And uh, just to be clear, um, because I'd like for things to be very clear, we're asking the drafting committee to remove the word consultant, change it to facilitator, and that the facilitator would um, center the voices of the group, would not be providing their own input, but would just facilitate that process. Cool. All right. Um, let's go ahead and vote. Uh, board member Salvini. Board member Salvini, yes. Vice Chair Mishra. Vice Chair Mishra, yes. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, yes. Board member Santos. Board member Santos, yay. Chair Robinson, yes. Uh, the yeses have it. All right. Um, are there any other broad um, questions or concerns, or can we go ahead and, and start uh, getting through the numbers as, as quickly as we can? All right. Um, let's go ahead and start with number one, the project description. Does anyone have any discussion about that point? All right, uh, let's move on to the project purpose. Any discussion on the purpose? We've already kind of done a lot of discussion on this tonight. Uh, Vice Chair Mishra. So this is the place where I thought this purpose has become too narrow than what I heard the city commission state. This is Chair Robinson. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what feedback the commission gives us or gives the task force on this um, statement, so. I agree there. Um, this is Chair Robinson. I just made a note that it seems like these are two separate projects. Um, so making recommendations about the ordinance and then the second part, you know, assessing policies, procedures, systems. And it sounds like addressing the ordinance's first priority to get that going and then continuing the work after potentially. So I think we've clarified that. Um, any other, any other notes on? Oh, yes. Madam Chair, so so just so I understand your interpretation of section two, does that mean that you would expect a recommendation on the ordinance to come before assessment of existing policies, procedures, and systems? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It does seem like two two big projects. So yeah. I just I, I wanted to make sure it was clear. I think I think the drafting committee's intent was um, that while reviewing the existing proposed ordinance revisions uh, provides a very good starting place, that we would also conduct that assessment as a group um, that's outlined in that second sentence. Um, and then and I think it's it's maybe spelled out better in section three, um, and then go back to the draft ordinance. Um, and make sure that that is truly responsive to what the the work group um, recommendations entail, or if additional changes would be needed to that ordinance. So, so it's kind of like it's, it's it's blended. It's a blended process. Yeah, it's like both and. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's a much better way of saying it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, board member Salvini. Um, if I could, also board member Salvini. Um, 
I believe if I'm not mistaken, um, that we also said through the process of the second part of the purpose, um, that a discovery may be made where we might consider some, some uh, affirm the ordinance or consider uh, maybe uh, some cons uh, a consideration may be discovered, I should say, um, uh, for uh, an issue, another issue or, or another addition or another edit or a consideration be done for the ordinance, if that makes sense. Um, so that opening that possibility, not saying that would happen, but um, that in the discovery of the process, perhaps in shaping and thinking about the, the whole comprehensive system, you know, um, it could affirm, reaffirm, or modify perhaps for recommendations back to this board, what the role of the CPRB could be. Right. An iterative Which, process. Pardon? An iterative process. Sure, yes. Um, and because this is this is the group of folks that, uh, again, affirming what was said earlier, that would be the next step moving on in the ordinance, right? So that would be part of the review process, but also focusing on that, that complaint system, um, because that came up so many times while we were um, working on the ordinance over the last year and a half, right, too, um, thinking about this complaint process. So anyway, hope, hope that clarifies a little. This is Chair Robinson. Yeah, that does clarify. I think um, the purpose of this task force is to be open to what is identified as is important for the CPRB to, to focus on. So yeah, I thank you for that clarification. Um, anything else on number two? Move on. Okay, moving on to number three. Any feedback on number three? Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, I, I've mentioned this already, but I, I think the city should do the city's work of hiring uh, the facilitator and not make the task force do all of that heavy lifting for free. So I, they, they could build in a process which you have already done before with seeking uh, feedback on candidates. I think that would be fine to add that. That would be like maybe a day's work for the task force, but not to make them do all the heavy lifting on that, especially when you know, if it's based on this idea that they can't, uh, they can't agree that they need a facilitator yet, they seem to be able to agree to hire one and pick the person. It doesn't. So to me, that just doesn't make sense. So might as well just provide that opportunity to to provide feedback on this um, selected candidates. Vice Chair Misha. Can I say this one more time? I think. The focus on the CPID and the complaint process is much narrower than what was proposed. I don't know how the complaint process has gotten into this. Because what I heard the city commission say, they were looking at entirely hiring practices, things happening in other departments in the city, rather than just focus on the police and the complaint process. But I will refer to the task force.
All right, any other feedback on number three? Uh, Board Member Taylor? Board Member Marie Taylor, I want to make sure I understand uh, what um, Chair, uh, Vice Chair Misha is saying. Um, and I, and if I, what I think I'm hearing is that that the scope is not just limited to looking at the complaint process, and that's too narrow, because that that seems to me uh, that goes that's too narrow a focus. Because really, it's more uh, the what the ordinance was addressing was was more issues than that. It was much more comprehensive about like. Um, about like what role the see the the board would play in re, in relation to the the police department and perhaps like uh, seeing a role beyond what the current structure is 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 my is that correct? So so now my memory is fading as I'm not seventy but I'm getting there very quickly. So so, so three months ago when the city commission had this discussion. I thought it was a much broader thing that they wanted this task force to look at, rather than just focus on community-based policing or the complaint process. They were looking at more the city as a whole, rather than the narrow focus. So I, I thought they, were, they wanted to, us to open it up to cities hiring practices of social imbalance in there, rather than just the process in the community police. Uh, Board member Salvini, was your hand up just now? Yes, I, I think, uh, do you mean um, the city's hiring practices for law enforcement? Um, uh, board member Salvini, excuse me. Um, for law enforcement or for, for everything. Sorry, Sanjay Mishra, uh, Vice Chair Mishra. Everything. That's what I heard them say, and it was early in the morning for me, so maybe my my mind is messing me up. But uh, I I will look at that meeting once again, and I would recommend or suggest that some members in the task force yeah this is chair robinson you know i was privileged to be in that meeting and um yeah they they did identify a very broad scope that they wanted this task force to address and i think that the city commission will have to speak to that um i don't think that's our job to decide what they want to do um so uh yeah that was my understanding coming from that meeting though um board member santos i really now that you just mentioned that chair i my recollection is that you did as good a job as we could have asked of anyone in standing your ground with that group it was admirable the only other thing I wanted to say as a point of levity Sanjay if you whine enough to the chief he'll probably go ahead and promise you something on completion <laughs> even though you're not 70 yet <laughs> Okay, this is Chair Robinson. Um, so maybe we can allow the City Commission to speak to the, the scope of this work if they would like to. Does that sound like a good plan for us? Um, uh, Board Member Salvini. Um, 
Uh, I think that's a that's a fine idea. Um, but I, I also, I guess what I want to want to say is that um, uh, I want to acknowledge and thank Brandon for drafting up the document that reflected our work, um, A, but B, it, it doesn't have to be limited to this. This is a starting point, um, too. It really reflects what I think um, an accumulation over the last two years of, of what I, I believe we've we've struggled with, you know, in terms of especially with regard to the complaint process. Um, you know, so that's why that's in there and that that's important, but it, it doesn't, it isn't exclusive to that either. Um, you know, if there are issues that this group uh, and maybe the task force generate with regard to um, hiring practices and uh, training and, and, and a variety of different other things, policies, procedures, um, that are in line with um, making sure, you know, just and fair practices are there um, and, and handled well and that there is no racial based, you know, uh, bias in, in any approach whatsoever. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> um, I, I, I don't think this is um, a, um, a document that can't move. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, this is Chair Robinson. Uh, we're coming up on eight o'clock. Uh, would we like to extend the meeting uh, until 8.30? Is that a possibility or do we need to um, call it a night and finish this at our next meeting? Um, personally, I think we could probably get through everything by 8.30, but I want to respect everyone's timeline. And I apologize. I am, I have a Commitment I need to move on to about eight o'clock. Okay. So, um, so uh, does that mean then we need to adjourn at eight o'clock um, if one of our members will be leaving? Brandon, can you guys? Um, yeah. Assistant City Manager Brandon Bart, no, um, that would not require the board to adjourn. And maybe um, we could get through. Uh, Sanjay's feedback really quick, or he could send that to the drafting committee um, through an email, uh, follow-up uh, communication. Okay. Um, uh, and feedback from everyone else, would everyone else be okay staying on until 8.30, or would you like to adjourn? So we've got nods and thumbs up. What about our people who are with us live? We are your humble here. city workers. Madam Chair. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I feel very powerful. Um, okay. Uh, Sanjay, oh, uh, Board Member Taylor. I was going to keep talking about the issue. So, uh, Board Member Ray Taylor, I'll wait. Okay. Um, Sanjay, how would you like to provide your feedback before you leave? Would you like and to? I do. So, I have another quick comment to make, and I can stop and So, this is on four going forward. And as looking at the first bullet, it says SAS number eight is percent of residents rating trust in emergency services, dissatisfied or dissatisfied. And then look at the other three bullets. And the last bullet talks about fair and impartial delivery of services or so no group is disadvantaged. And I think these two do not come together because in one, it's the majority rules. In two, it's 
bear the disadvantage what they have to say is gaining weight. And I would like to see, especially for police, uh, community policing, the third bullet to be incorporated in the first, but that's the city's uh, work. But that's how I would rate how the city police is faring on community relationships. Because it's not what the majority says, it's what the 10 people who have had not so good interactions, how they feel about it. So having said that, I will, Madam Chair, thank you, and I apologize. No, no, no. Well, and I just wanted to quickly say, Sanjay, this is Chair Robinson. I had a note about that as well. Um, so I think that uh, we would be more concerned with the safe and secure number six rather than eight. So the satisfaction with perceptions of safety by race, gender, education, and income. Um, because the safe and secure number eight, you know, we see 81% of our community members trust the police, but 79% of our population is white. So it's kind of a useless um, data yes. point uh, from my point of view. So I think SAS number six would be a more useful tool to measure um, this outcome. So yeah, thank you, Sanjay. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Have a good rest of the week. And maybe Thank next you. time we'll be in person. Ah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything else in, were we still on number three, uh, Board Member Taylor? So, Board Member Marie Taylor, um, the issue I have with the all of like the layout of the points and the scope of work, and I know you've mentioned this before, like let the city commission decide, but if we're supposed to, you know, sign this collectively, I think uh, we still need to just kind of note that the majority of the points are all about looking at the complaint process, but really what I thought the, the message was about was not so much the complaint process itself, but the oversight function of the board. And there is one slight reference to that in five where it says uh, about the ordinance changes, reviewing the ordinance changes to just determine if it supports the goals of the task force for improving the complaint process and enhancing oversight. So if, if you didn't know all the background and that was all you had to work with, it seems like you get, that's a yes or no question. <laughs> and that's the end of it, right? And and all the other points are about digging into what is the complaint process? How does it work? How does it function? Should the police do this or that in terms of paperwork or maybe electronic? It should be better. So to me, it's very, it becomes very much a practical exercise as opposed to conceptually the larger issue elephant in the room is what about the citizen oversight of that process, which is not even really in it, not even in the scope. It's just, uh, you know, you know, like look at the ordinance and tell us, do you think it supports the goals of all the work that the task force is doing on the complaint process? I don't get it. It's like a disconnect for me. So I, that's like a kind of a fundamental problem I have with this scope. Thank you, Marie. Uh, uh, board Member Santos. I agree, absolutely, Board Member Santos. I agree that, in fact, my note that I wrote down is that 
in the scope, it ought to specifically include the scope of the board's authority and their current authority relating to PD policies and training in that it appears to me that the underlying transition from the original form of the ordinance to the proposed form of the ordinance relates to scope of authority and those broader things unrelated to complaints such as keeping an eye in reviewing policy and training. So there ought to be something added in the numbered uh, subparagraphs relating to that, I think. I'm sure Brandon can come up with that. Well, I think what you're at, uh, Lawrence Police Chief Rich Lockhart, I think what you're asking uh, Board Member Santos is, is this an advisory board, an oversight board, or a review board? And so those are three different purposes, and we, we've we had those discussions in our group, and I think it is very important very early on to determine what kind of a role this board is. Right now, you're a review board. You're not an oversight board. A lot of the things that are in the revised ordinance are oversight, and so is that what the, the, the community wants? Um, or are you just going to be advisory? Initially, this was created as an advisory board to the then police chief, and it, it became this review board. So those are three very different roles. I think a facilitated discussion of what those look like with the group, uh, with board members, with community members, with department members, I think will help us determine what's best for our community. This is Chair Robinson. I, oh, uh, Board Member Santos. I agree, Chief. But from my point of view, today the current ordinance very specifically speaks to non-complaint review of current department policies and training and that let's face it we want to see as few complaints about officers as possible by ensuring that the community is happy with the policies and training levels so anyhow i think somewhere it ought to be in there raised as a topic so that we can make sure that it gets addressed to the extent the chief just said it's lawrence police chief rich lockhart and i think what we all want to do is understand that that's the same thing that I want. You, we want the same thing. And, and I think that's what we're starting to see is what I'm trying to do and what you're trying to do are in a straight line. We're walking the same direction, but I think because of our history, um, there's not a sense that we are walking the same direction. There's a sense that you guys want one thing and we want another thing. And there's this us and them. We're in this together. This is your police department just as much as it is mine. And all the things that you're talking about are things that I've been working on since I started here on January 7th. Madam yes, Chair. Oh, yeah, I just had a quick feedback to Chief Lockhart, if that's okay. Um, I do like how you phrased that, Chief Lockhart, asking is this an advisory board, review board, or oversight board? I think that's really important to include in the project expectations and the scope of work to really identify that um, because that goes beyond just looking at the complaint process and you know but it's defining that role and I really like how you broke that down so thank you. Um, Brandon, go ahead. I, I was just going to offer to share my screen. Um, I'm trying to 
uh, make some revisions to the source document. And I, it would actually be helpful for me. I'd have a greater level of confidence doing this after the meeting if um, everybody could get their eyes on it real quick. So if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and share. Yeah, I need to get my eyes checked. I'll go look for it. Is that, okay, are you seeing the the document that has? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's handy. Um, and so bullet point number one, I just wanted to circle back around to Marie's um, feedback related to the selection of facilitation services. I can clean this up and make it a, a better statement, but is that generally capturing that, that revision? Is that capturing your intent? Board member Marie Taylor, yes. Okay, great. Thank you. And then I added this bullet point, we can renumber it, we can put it in, in different order. Um, and also just to reiterate uh, Chief's feedback, um, I think we had kind of assumed that we weren't going to make changes to the board's authority to look at other um, you know, policies and training, that sort of thing. And so that was probably more of just an oversight, um, not any sort of an intent uh, to exclude that. So I just wanted to make sure this statement um, as roughly drafted as it is, is, is responsive to uh, the feedback about looking at the board's role and authority. Yeah, that, I mean, that feels that feels responsive to that. Um, does that look good to me? Board member Taylor. Board member Taylor. Board member Murray Taylor. Um, yeah, yeah, if we could stop trying to corral everything under the complaint process exactly. because that kind of limits what they could they may it, it's decide that's where they want to focus but I think my my main concern is that we've kind of pigeonholed them into to when they when a task force who's not been involved looks at this if we could like we, we we know so much about what some of these the scope entails right. but if we define define this so narrowly then it kind of drives the outcome. And that's what I'm concerned about is that they'll feel like, well, we can only look at this because that's so it was so specific in our charge right. that, that we can't offer any any other kinds of opinions. And so I don't want to I want it to be kind of walk that line between giving direction but not being so narrow that we it drives the outcome in ways that we had an intended, not intended to do. Um, Thank you. Uh, board member Salvini. Um, I want, uh, Board Member Salvini, I want to thank you for that point, um, Board Member Taylor. Um, that's that's right on. I, I think, um, you know, going into the process, uh, we just wanted to make sure we got that ordinance up there, you know, uh, on the table. I think um, we did, I, I think uh, in conversation and in, in, in the, the uh, group meetings that we had, um, we were we were pretty driven on that, I believe, and um, in, in talking about it. So I think it was really good, and, and not that there was any resistance. There wasn't, and so you know, I want to I want to acknowledge that for sure. Um, and um, but I agree with you. I, I again, we were just we we knew when we talk about the complaint process again, it might sound like it, it is narrow on focus and, and I agree with you that it is. And there are some other uh, items that need to be addressed. And I think that kind of freedom uh, and permission needs to be probably um, 
uh, part of the tone of, of, of this for sure. Um, uh, but that the complaint process is so comprehensive and so complex and so layered and may have so many different parts to it. Um, I just uh, wanted to, to reiterate that too. I think that's uh, was expressed a lot in the in the work group. Board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor. I do want to thank that work group for putting this together. So it's we it's it's much easier for us to look in and to into critique than it is to be the first author. So I we, I do appreciate the work that you all do. I think I speak for everyone that we that we do appreciate that work you've put into this and. But, and we we understand it's not it wasn't supposed to be perfect it was supposed to be working draft so we we do appreciate that um I, I i just wanted to say does it seem clear enough to folks um reading this that the scope of work is not constrained to say complaints that are currently within the scope of the board's review which is just bias based racial you know racial uh basically racial profiling and bias based policing that it's the description is broad enough so that the task force could be looking at all types of complaints that may may be uh considered for inclusion in the 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 board's um authority to review i i think it is i just want to make sure everyone's reading it the way that i think it reads All right. Yeah, I'm I'm reading that the same way. Marie, um, this is Chair Robinson. Uh, are we um, ready to move on to number four? All right. Uh, Sanjay and I both uh, made some notes on number four. I think um, you know measuring the outcome. Thank you. I see SAS number six. Thank you, Brandon. Um, any other notes on number four? Board Member Santos. I'll preface this with a, a uh, uh, compliment to Brandon because I think he may be the person responsible here, but he is a very talented assistant city manager, but I consider the title to this paragraph to be pure jargon. And if you ask 99 and 9 tenths percent of the citizens of this community, they'd say, what the heck are you talking about? What does business case mean in this context? Perhaps a simple title of goal of community trust would be more appropriate. Business case means nothing to me. And I'm trying to reach out to Michael and anybody else who's thinking about, well, what in the world are they doing? If you read this document, you'd go, I don't know what that means because I don't know what it means. This is Chair Robinson. It seems like uh, this section speaks to how it's measured based on the city's strategic plan. Is that correct, Brandon? Is that kind of where that's coming from? Um, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Yeah, it, it's you know, it's an acknowledgement that public trust is our currency as you know, as public servants. That's that's all we have. 
Um, and so I think uh, Board Member Santos's comments actually are very helpful in just being very direct about that, that that's what we're trying to do here. It's what we're acknowledging. We have a strategic plan um, that I think addresses that issue pretty, pretty directly. And uh, so we just wanted to acknowledge that we're working within that context um, and this work is germane to um, to, that, to our strategic plan. So I, I think it's a great revision. I like it. I think I think the business case was probably just in the template. I, I recycled it. I've recycled the same project charter template for years. So. <laughs> right. Uh uh, this is Chair Robinson. Oh, uh, Board Member Taylor. Board Member Murray Taylor. Maybe we could say it seems like it's that it's really meant to say like like how does this align with our strategic plan? So maybe the title is like strategic plan alignment, and that makes sense. Board Member Santos. And it makes sense because I happen to be a city attorney, but the vast majority of human beings don't know what a strategic plan is. Oh, well, Brandon, because he's a very bright guy, he has it written exactly how it should be written. I'm hearing one or the other. But I'm sorry, Board Member Santos, couldn't you just say strategic plan alignment relating to goals for public trust? Because at least if someone's reading that, they understand everything in here is talking about public trust. Mm -hmm. You know, just put strategic plan related to goals for public or something like that, some grammatically correct thing. Yeah, okay. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor, I think Brent, Brendan has enough information. He can figure out how to communicate it. <laughs> we'll work with it, thank you. All right, this is Chair Robinson. Um, can we go ahead and move on to number five? Uh, task Force membership. Uh, Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, there appears to be an inconsistency in the reference in, in this uh, particular document to community members, and it says community members representing diverse community. Each commissioner will nominate one community member. But if you go into the document further, there's a reference to not community members, but community leaders, as if those two terms are interchangeable in some fashion. And my question was, does that mean they have to appoint a community leader? That is someone that's leading a church or some other group, or can they just be an interested member? This is Chair Robinson, that's a good point. Uh, Board Member Santos, can we just go ahead and change to community members throughout the document? Would that solve the issue? Uh, 
Absolutely. That's not good, Brandon. Yes. Um, this is Chair, oh, uh, Board Member Taylor. <laughs> Board member Murray Taylor, I, I would like that um, the city's DEI officer to be ex officio. This is Assistant City Manager Brennan McGuire. Um, we, I think we did discuss that as a drafting committee, or at least I've certainly uh, thought about that myself um, in working with Dr. Mohammed. Um, my only concern is taking him off of priority work um, to advance our, our commitment to um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, he actually just, just hired and onboarded his first um, staff support member. Um, and so I know that he has just a tremendous amount of work that he's excited about advancing. And um, this is not in his work plan right now. And so that would be my, my only concern is if, if the commission acts on that, um, you know, how, how is that going to affect uh, the other work that they expect him, the city manager expects him to complete in, you know, under certain deadlines. Remember Taylor. Remember Murray Taylor. I think that this is still relevant, and that we should think about maybe if not him, if not Dr. Muhammad, then the new staff support person. That's why I'm suggesting not to sit as a full board, uh, a full, a full board, uh, uh, excuse me, task force member, but as an officio, so that um, perhaps then Dr. Muhammad could at least get minutes. And follow along, and then maybe for some um, some key critical decisions, attend. So not not saying I understand like if it's a bandwidth issue, but at least have some eyes on this process because it does it does as you've seen it does uh, have elements that do deal with diversity and equity and inclusion in a significant issue for the city. Significant. So I don't think that it could. I think it would be irresponsible for us not to have uh, have the DI officer have eyes on this. How do you feel about that language? Oh, remember Marie Taylor, um, maybe think about the word advisor because I think that's, I'm not saying, uh, I, it's more that um, should be made available, like he's available to them for, 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 for questions or for insight, maybe even specific questions. Let's say they're having a meeting and they, and, um, and they have specific questions they think that it'd be relevant to have that perspective yes. and then to then to invite them to start to invite Dr. Mohammed or the assistant to 
certain key decision-making meetings or to even comment uh, on a preliminary draft, for instance, of the report. You know, things like that where we're at critical junctures to have access to this resource that we have in the city. That's what I'm kind of seeking. So I'm not saying, you know, full board, a full board, you know, member who has to attend all of these meetings, um, but just to have as a, as, as a, like a technical, maybe like, yes. like you would have a technical advisor, you know? So I think just to think about that and not have it be so limited to, I understand like the desire to like rein in uh, the workload for, you know, which kind of tells you something that maybe the city should hire more staff for this, but, um, but, uh, but to at least be available to them as a resource. Right, right. And uh, Assistant City Manager Brendan Guard, that's actually what was implied in this, in this last uh, statement here. Um, and so maybe it'd be more appropriate to specifically call out, you know, as an example of technical and project support uh, personnel, um, our DEI officer. Yes, so that's that's fine. We didn't have to put it in as a five. Yeah. If we put it in uh, a reference to a DEI officer uh, as right. relevant support, and then uh, then I have to just count on the task force themselves to to take advantage of that right of that uh, expertise. Well, it's actually, so I'll, I'll refer to it as the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, because that's, you know, that will refer to the, the whole team. Okay. Uh, board member Santos. Board member Santos. Brandon, can you scroll back up? I can't see uh, number two. Uh, I'll just point out that Tony Wheeler's a good friend of mine and a very talented city attorney. And I don't know, but I'm here to tell you, it makes no difference if there's one member of this board or all members of the board, this task force will be subject to the open meetings laws, period. I mean, there is no doubt about it. And you can run that by the law department, but Mike, point in raising it is I'm torn between the three members versus all of the members because there's so many if the board is full it sort of skews and intimidates the rest of the people that are in in the group that you have so many people so I would suggest that it's three members but it doesn't have to be the same three members. If one of them is sick or whatever it is, you can put a replacement in there, you know, that you craft the language in some fashion that it is limited to three members, but it doesn't have to be the same three members. This is Chair Robinson. Um, I think my concern as far as a requirement of a number of CPRB members is because uh, we are volunteers and speaking for myself, I have the capacity to do this one meeting once a month. And so um, to have a, a minimum expectation, uh, I wouldn't want to ask that of 
volunteers, I guess. So I think I would want to see how many people would willingly want to be a part of this group and have the capacity and bandwidth to do that. Uh, board member Santos. I'm sorry, never mute this thing, but uh, board member Santos, I agree, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to address the way it reads right now. It sounds like, okay, these three people are the people. If they are sick and can't make it, then you're not going to have those members, you know, that it read that up to three members of the CPRB can attend, but you're not saying that it has to be these three, right? Because the way it's written, it sounds like, okay, you got A, B, and C, and A and B are sick. So all you're going to get is C. That does that make sense, Brandon? Yes. Well, and I, I uh, Lawrence, Police Chief Rich Lockhart, I think when you're talking about this type of group work and the dynamics that go into it, you're going to need people that are going to be able to be there for every meeting if they can. You can't have somebody pop in for the first meeting, miss the second one, and have somebody new come in in the third one. These meetings will all build on themselves. And so, you know, it's very important work. And so I think it would be, as Chair Robinson pointed out, um, it, it is important to find out who can commit to the meetings, who can commit to the work and select those people to be part of it. Those who can't then just come in when you can and you can get caught up. But um, this will be a big commitment. This is a lot of work. And, uh, and I think that, you know, as all of you consider who you're gonna place into this responsibility, the person who are doing it need to understand this is a lot of work. And while we get paid to be there, um, I realize y'all are volunteers, but you all feel very strongly about this work and how important it is. And so you'll, it'll just be, you know, some hard work we have to take on for a really big reward on the other end. Uh, this is Chair Robinson, I do agree with that. I think continuity is gonna be important. So not just having revolving whoever can come, I think it would be important to have people dedicated if they're sick, you know, they're sick just like mm -hmm. on the board, but um, to have people who are dedicated. Uh, Board member Taylor. I'm gonna throw out an idea. <laughs> Board member Marie Taylor uh, here. Um, so this is getting, and to me, this is getting to the spirit of what the um, what we had sought to do before the city gate report came in. And our next step was going to be work on focus groups, uh, have more public engagement, get the voices of um, from the police association um, and that process didn't get to happen and so to me the win here is that we're having some kind of process that has that feedback loop uh, built into it and so um, I honestly think that the community members should be the largest group and have out of all of this if there's ever going to be a vote it's going to end up being that their vote was you know, the majority vote. <laughs> and so I I would suggest that uh, each of the other three groups have just two members coming from that group and that the, the, the substance of this and the thrust of this be actually from the community members who wanna be on this task force. So five community members, perhaps even more, um, and then two from the board and two from the police department and two from the police, the police union. That's that was that's my suggestion. Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos. 
I understand what you're saying, but I don't believe that if you simply ask all the citizens of this city, well, how should this be decided? You know, well, let's put enough people on there that the community members are going to be able to vote. In my opinion, if you get the wrong community members on there, you could have voted in some totally unacceptable concept to the other members. I mean, it needs to be balanced. The community members, from my point of view, are no different than me. I'm a community member. I happen to be a member of the board. You know, so it's saying you're a community member doesn't mean that you're somehow endowed with some special status. At least I don't see that. I mean, the police department and the police officers association, you know, their number, everyone should have whatever the opportunity is to express themselves, but there shouldn't be a skewing of the voting body in some fashion that you're acknowledging, okay, you five community members, we want you to have the opportunity to have a say. I disagree with that. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor, it's later on in this um, report that there's some kind of vetting process where they have to get nominated by a commissioner, right? Or oh, there it is. Uh, so I don't think we're going to get random people. I think in the end, we're probably going to get leaders. I mean, we don't get a say, but the fact that there's going to be some sort of nomination and appointment by a the full vote of the commission, I I think we're there's going to be some kind of selection process, so it's going to be skewed. That's all I can say. I don't know how to avoid any of this. Yeah, and this is Chair Robinson. I think um, they our community members sound like they're going to be more vetted than we are, and um, which okay, we can talk about that, but. Ultimately, we do want to center our community members' voices, and uh, this process will be a collaborative one where the group will hopefully reach a consensus. I don't see a rogue group of five community members running off with this task force. You know, I see um, that balance. I think uh, Board Member Taylor brought up as a sense of like, we are wanting to center those voices. We're wanting to prioritize those voices and not overwhelm our community members with, you know, um, being outnumbered by board members, by police, by, um, you know, we really want to center what our community is asking for. Um, board member Santos. Board member Santos, all I can say is I don't believe that's fundamentally correct in a dem democratic society to say that you're purposely skewing the voting ability within the group. You know, you could end up, and in fact, this brings me to my last point in this document. There's a reference to some sort of public, uh, what do you call it, Brandon? Uh, public interaction. And in that document, at the end, if you read it, it says in there very specifically that the city's going to place the final decision making in the hands of the public and that we promise to implement what the public decides. And I said, what does that mean? That's not what 
a city council, city commission, city manager form of government is. It isn't an individual citizen de decision. We elect people to do that. You know, these people that are going to be appointed by the elected officials, how can they possibly be given the authority to place final decision making in the hands of the public or we will implement what you decide? You know, you know, I just want to get on the record. If that's the standard of the board, everyone in this city be, should be deeply concerned that the board is skewed. Okay, this is Chair Robinson. I do want to pause here. It is 831. Um, I don't believe we're going to make it through the last um, six points uh, in a timely manner tonight. Um, I know we were hoping to get through this tonight. And Marie, I did see your hand and I want to hear what you have to say before we finish, but I just wanted to pause and say that. Um, uh, are, are we going to be okay taking this into the next meeting? even though it would be ideal to finish tonight. Board Member Taylor. Board Member Marie Taylor. So uh, if we bring it down to two board members, then we have two, four, six. Everyone in two, three, four, if they all voted the same, they'd be a majority, right? Just to point that out. And also that this is a task force. They don't have any authority. They're just going to give a report. So it's not like they get their will is going to turn into law. So I think that that's the check. And the commission again is just getting gathering additional. And this is all just an attempt to gather more information for the the commission to still make the ultimate decision. Board member Santos. Board member Santos. Well, if that's the standard, fine. But in my opinion, the recommendation. You know, if there's a recommendation that comes out of five community members that sways the decision, the chances that you're going to have those limited successes of saying, oh, we all got together and did this is very limited. And, you know, I'm just one member here, but I want to be clear on the record. I'm opposed to trying to skew the board toward the community members. They're no different than anybody else. They're no different than the chief of police. They're no different than anybody else. Trying to skew them is contrary to proper uh, administration of any public body. This is Chair Robinson. Um, I think this is a really interesting conversation to have. Uh, I think the community members' voices that we are looking to privilege in this task force are very different from the chief of police, very different from any of us serving on this board. Um, and uh, these are voices that haven't traditionally been at the table when creating um, a, a system of citizen oversight. And so um, for me, um, that's the importance there. Like, um, this is the, the point of the task force. Um, so I think this is a really important conversation to have. Um, and we've been meeting for two and a half hours now. I don't think that we're going to finish it tonight. I'm sorry, Brandon. Um, are we comfortable um, coming back to this and starting with this discussion point at our next meeting? Uh, board member Taylor. Board member Marie Taylor, can we at least agree that we don't want all seven because then it would be seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11, 
11 versus, you know, the five who are volunteering their time as well to be on the task force. But that is that I think we can agree on that at least. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I think requiring a volunteer board member to serve uh, an additional two meetings a month which we'll discuss, you know, um, I think that's a lot to ask. So, um, all right, Brandon. Um, Madam Chair, uh, there is public comment on this item. Um, okay. Even though, yeah, even though we haven't uh, com completed discussion, I would, I would suggest uh, opening the floor for public comment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Michael, is this? Yeah, I'll just okay, be real quick. Um, the the aspect of the Lawrence Police Officers Association being involved in this, that's something I have a uh, concern and a question about. These are officers that the, the union aspect of making decisions for how things are governed, I, I kind of question that because their goals are not our goals. The union's goals are to protect the officers and to protect their interests. And so I question whether, I, Maybe I'm not understanding something about city politics or something, but I, I'm trying to understand why the union is having a voice in this process. It, it, and I see Michael shaking his head, but I, I just don't understand. This is Chair Robinson. Um, I know that it's practice to not comment on and discuss public comment. I didn't know if anyone um, there in the room was interested and providing any feedback about that. Lawrence, Police Chief Rich Lockhart, Madam Chair. Um, I think what we're trying to do is represent all constituencies when we go through this process so that we have buy-in from everyone. And so the Lawrence Police Officers Association is one of those constituencies. And I think it's important to have their perspective as we go through this process. They represent 100 members of the police department. Um, I find that frontline workers, and which all of them are, usually provide the best problem solving and provide the best insight when we're trying to collaborate on things. And so I would really I hate to exclude the largest majority of my police department when we're working through a, a process that um, will affect their daily lives. This is Chair Robinson. I really appreciate that answer. I think as someone whose job is affected by administrative um, decisions. You know, I really appreciate being involved in that process. And I think it's really important, like you said, for buy-in. Um, so I think it's important for them to be involved as well. Um, Board Member Santos, did you have your hand raised? I, yes, I did, Board Member Santos. I wanted to thank the public speaker, Michael, because he's very articulate and, and helpful in explaining how he sees this and I only echo the chief's uh, comments about the uh, FOP. None of these boards and community overview processes are ever, ever successful without getting some buy-in from the people who are being, have oversight of them. I mean, they just don't. This is Chair Robinson. Yes, thank you, Michael, for providing some really helpful feedback tonight. Um, all right, uh, can we go ahead and pause and plan to start at number five again uh, at our next meeting? I'm sorry, Brandon, we didn't make through make it through everything. That's quite all right. This has been a very
productive conversation. So um, I think I speak on behalf of the drafting team when I um, say thank you for the, the feedback and um, deliberation tonight. Uh, board member Santos. I really just wanted to get in a shout out for the police officers that helped me in getting training as required by the ordinance, that being uh, Major Cooper and uh, or Lieutenant Unruh and Lieutenant Riggs. And I can't tell because they're too far away if those individuals are in the room, but they spent literally hours with me and they were extremely clear and helpful and professional about it. And I recommend spending time with those three gentlemen anytime if you want to understand what, what their policies and training is. So Chief, thank you for making them available. Uh, Lawrence Police Chief Rich Lockhart, uh, you're very welcome, Board Member Santos. And I would invite any of the board members to come by anytime. Um, they do much more exciting work than I do. So spend some time with them in training. Uh, come on a ride along. Um, we've got Officer Henderson here. He has a police dog. We can put you in a bite suit if you want to get bit by a police dog. Um, we have a variety of experiences that we can provide to you. So please avail yourselves of that. And uh, I think the more we get to know one another, the, the better we're able to work through these issues as well. Yeah, this is Chair Robinson. I, I totally agree. My visit with Lieutenant Ernst and Major McKinley was uh, just a real game changer. So I really appreciate that time. I think Marie's interested in the bite suit based on her face though. <laughs> um, okay, could we um, get a motion to adjourn, please? Uh, board member Salvini, I'll let you do the honor since you were on the drafting. Committee. I think this is a first for me. <laughs> uh, I move to adjourn and I appreciate picking up again uh, where we left off at the next meeting. Okay, thank you. Do we have a second? Second. All right. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and vote to adjourn. Uh, board member Taylor. Board member Murray Taylor uh, moved to, well, oh, a vote to adjourn. Yes, yay. Uh, board member Santos. Yay. Board member Salvini. Board member Salvini, yay. Chair Robinson, yay. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to the team that worked on this draft. It really is a fantastic document and it's great to get to work through it together. So thank you. And thank you for everyone who's there in person tonight as well. Thank you. Have a good evening. Yeah. Bye.